y'all. Hey, this is Milan Milan. We are about to get into Revelation 20. I know we do this all the time. We do this all the time, so we should know at this point, right? Let's just go over a brief recap. I say that all the time, right? I really be trying to make it brief, as brief as possible. So this is what we're going to do. Revelation 4, the throne room of heaven. Revelation 5, the lamb takes the scroll. Revelation 6 starts with the seals, right? And it always goes down to the sixth seal in Revelation 6. Revelation 7 talks about the sealed of Israel. And then it also speaks of a multitude from the great tribulation. Revelation 8 is the seventh seal, which is also the prelude to the seven trumpets. Revelation 9 starts up at the fifth trumpet, so that means we already have to go through the first through the fourth trumpet in Revelation 8, okay? Revelation 10 then speaks about the mighty angel in the little book. 11 is talking about the two witnesses. They ain't no joke. Revelation 12 is the woman, the child, and the dragon. Revelation 13 are two beasts. First is the beast from the sea, and then is the beast from the earth. Revelation 14 talks about the lamb and the 144,000. Revelation 15 prelude to the bow judgments. And we all know the judgments, they increase, increase, increase in intensity. Revelation 16 then starts to talk about the first bow judgment. And in Revelation 16, it actually gets through all of the seven bow judgments. Revelation 17 is the scarlet woman and the scarlet beast. Revelation 18 the fall of Babylon the Great, and then it goes into talking about how the world mourns her fall, and then it ends with the uh, finality of Babylon's fall. And as you know, we went over Revelation 19, heaven exalts over Babylon, and that is where our Lord and Savior comes back in Revelation 19. Today, we're going to be discussing Revelation 20. Two zero, Satan bound for a thousand years. Okay, let's turn up the bound up. Let's get right into it. All right, here we are. Revelation twenty two zero. Okay, let's go. I hope y'all excited as I am, because I'm like extremely excited. Like yo. It's time for you to go, bro. All right, Revelation 20. Satan bound a thousand years. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished but after these things he must be released for a little while and I saw thrones and they sat on them and they that sat on them and judgment was committed to them then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands and they lived and reigned with christ for a thousand years 
but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up to the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them, the devil, who deceived them. We was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night and forever and ever the great white throne judgment then i saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was no place found, found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to his works then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire So let's get right into breaking this down. Verses 1 through 3. Before the millennium begins, Satan must be restrained. To accomplish this, an angel comes down from heaven with the key to the abyss and a huge chain in his hand. The angel sees Satan and bound him for a thousand years. So John lists the four names of the tempter, dragon, serpent, devil, which we also know as an accuser. Satan is the adversary, right? So during the millennium, the arch enemy is confined to the bottomless pit. The abyss is sealed so that he cannot go forth to deceive the nations. Toward the end of Christ's reign, he will be released for his last brief rebellion. Breaking down verses 4 and 5. So now John sees people enthroned in heaven with authority to rule. These are saints of the church age who will reign with Christ and his bride. John also sees a company of martyrs who had refused to take the mark of the beast. These are clearly tribulation saints who died for their faith. Both companies will reign with Christ during the golden age of peace and prosperity. So the first part of verse five must be understood in parenthesis. 
the rest of the dead refers to the unbelievers of all ages who will be raised at the end of the millennium to stand before the judgment of the great right throne. So basically the statement says, this is the first resurrection. It refers back to verse four. The first resurrection is not a single event. It describes the resurrection of the righteous at various times and it includes the resurrection of Christ in 1 Corinthians 15 verse uh, 23. So the resurrection of those who are Christ's when he raptures the church, that's us y'all, 1 Thessalonians 4 13 through 18, amen. The resurrection of the two witnesses whose bodies will lie in the street, Revelation 11 11. Remember we went over the two witnesses and the resurrection of the tribulation saints. We're not in tribulation at the time of this recording. However, during tribulation, there will be saints that they're that uh, that this is discussing. So the revela- re- resurrection of the tribulation saints who are described here. Look also in Daniel twelve verse uh, Daniel twelve verse two in the beginning. So basically, in other words. The first resurrection, it includes the resurrection of Christ and all true believers. Though they are raised at different times, it occurs in several stages. All right. Let's practice that word, resurrection. Okay, because I can't keep messing it up. It's a glorious, it's amazing. All right, so verses 6 and 7 breaking this down and I'm going to include eight too. So six, seven, and eight. So those who participate in the first resurrection are blessed because they will not be included in the second death. And when all of the unbelievers will be cast into the lake of fire, verse 14, it talks about true believers shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from confinement and will go out to the four corners of the earth in order to deceive the nations that are hostile to Christ. Here called Magog and Gog and Magog. So basically this reference is um, Gog and Magog. It must be uh, not confused with the similar reference. This is Ezekiel 38 and 39. So there is a great land north of Israel and God and its ruler. So here the word refers to nations of the world in general. In Ezekiel, the setting is uh, pre-millennial. Here it's post-millennial. Okay, it's a difference. Breaking down verse uh, 9 and 10 and 11. So after recruiting an army of ungodly rebels, the devil marches against Jerusalem, the beloved city, right? Jerusalem is the beloved city. But fire comes down from God out of heaven and consumes the troops. Let's look right quick, it says. Then they went up to the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp and the saints of the beloved city. That's in Jerusalem. All the ones who hate God, they call themselves going up, surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And and it says, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. It's not really a battle, but 
this what happens. This is what will happen. Sorry. So then it says, the devil himself is cast into the lake of fire and joined the beast and the false prophet. So basically, it seems surprising that Satan is able to assemble all of these people, all of these unbelievers at the end of the millennium. However, it should be remembered that all children born during Christ's reign will be born in sin and will need to be saved. So if you're born in sin, you definitely need to be saved. So now all is going to accept him as the rightful king. And these will scatter throughout the earth, trying to get as far away from Jerusalem as possible. So just take a note that the beast and the false prophet, they're still, still in hell after a thousand years. After a thousand years, look, they're still in hell. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the next introduction um, about the Great White Throne Judgment, it is basically great because the issues involved and white because of the perfection and the purity of the decisions handed down. The Lord Jesus is sitting as judge. Reference, look in John 5, uh, verse 22 and verse 27. The expression from those face the earth and heaven fled away indicates that this judgment takes place in eternity after the destruction of the present creation. Reference, look in 2 Peter 3 verse 10. So now let's just break down verses 12, 13, and 14. So the dead... The small and great stand before God. These are the unbelievers of all ages. Two sets of books are open. The book of life that contains the life of all those who have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Amen. The other book contains a detailed record of the works who are unsaved. So everything that we do, understand, he will not forget it. Okay. So no one appears at this judgment is registered in the book of life. So at the white throne judgment, none of these people are saved because they're not in the book of life. So the fact that his name is missing condemns him. But the record of his evil work determines the degree of his punishment. We can go over that another time. 13. So the sea is going to yield up the bodies of those who have been buried. The graves here represent the death. Will deliver up the bodies of all of the unsaved who have been um, interred. Hades will give up the souls of all those who have died in unbelief. You do not want to die in unbelief. Once you die from this realm, there is no going back to ask for forgiveness. Okay, once you're gone from here, from the living, you're gone. If you die in unbelief, you will go to hell. If you die in unbelief, you will go to hell. That's why it is important to repent now, to accept Christ now. 
tomorrow's not promised. Later today is not promised. Okay? It's just not. It's nowhere in the Bible that says it is promised that you're going to have X amount of days to live, X amount of time to live. We are truly on borrowed time. We're truly alive because of his grace. Save the unsaved. It's his grace. And if you die without repenting, you go to hell. If you die without accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, you go to hell. I cannot stress that enough. So it says, Hades will give up the souls of all those who die in unbelief. The bodies and souls will be reunited to stand before the judge. We already know the judge is Christ, right? So just as there will be degrees of rewards in heaven, there are going to be degrees of punishment in hell. This will be based on their works. So when we read that death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, it means the complete persons, the spirit, the soul, and the body. When it talks about in Genesis how we were created in his image, we have a spirit, we have a soul, we have a body. Ooh, Holy Spirit, help me. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. So the text explains that this is the second death. There is a difference between Hades and hell. For the unconverted who have died, Hades is a disassembled state of conscious punishment. Conscious as in like you're aware, conscious. Okay. So it's a sort of holding tank, like an intermediate condition where they're going to await the, the judgment of the white throne judgment. Okay. Of the white throne. So for believers who have died, Hades is a state of disembodied blessedness in heaven, awaiting the resurrection and glorification of the body. So when Jesus died, he went to paradise. Reference, look in Luke 23, verse 43. It's where Paul equates with the third heaven, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 2 and 4. The dwelling place of God. In Acts 2, 27, the Lord disembodied state is called Hades. God did not leave his soul in Hades, but clothed in with a glorified body. So hell is the final prison of the wicked dead. That's the point. Hell is the final prison of the wicked dead. It is the same as the lake of fire, Gehenna, and the second death. So looking at verse 15. The deciding factor at this judgment is whether one's name is written in the book of life. If a person's name has been inscribed there, he would have already been part of the first resurrection. So this verse implies that only those who stand before the great white throne. So let's just look at 15. 
it says, if anyone not found written in the book of life, no, it says, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So if you're not written in the book of life, you're cast into the lake of fire. And let's just not forget, verses 11 through 15 talks about the great white throne judgment. So if you are in the book of life, you're not part of this great white throne judgment. Okay. Clear, clear, crystal, great. So, guess what? We're going to get into 21 and 22. Not right now. Another time. But 21 and 22, we're going to do it one after the other. They literally go hand in hand. Hand in hand. Holding hands. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Because 21 is talking about all things new. The new Jerusalem. The glory of the, of the new Jerusalem. And 22 gets into the river of life, the time being near. Jesus testifying to the churches, amen. A warning, and he says, I am coming quickly. So 21 and 22, the book of Revelation is definitely going to go hand in hand. Meet me when we do it together 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 remember to be a light to allow the holy spirit to lead you let it be his will and not your own okay definitely you can make your petitions known to christ i'm not saying that what i'm saying is when he makes it clear what path you are to go don't fight him don't you ain't finna win um Yield to the Holy Spirit. Um, pray consistently. Talk to Him throughout the day. These are things that's going to build your relationship with Christ. Whether you are a baby Christian or you've been walking this walk for years. When you talk to our Father daily, when you are in your love letters daily, when you pray consistently, Bible says pray without ceasing, you build your relationship with him. And ultimately, that's what he wants. Never does he say, follow this religion. He says, follow me. Because he's the only way to the Father. He is the truth. I love y'all. Until next time, until next time, go in peace and in love and let his light shine through you. So seeds. Because we have a risen Savior. Amen.